Welcome to the Legends of Podcasting. This week we'll be reviewing the latest feature-length animated movie from DC Comics, Gotham by Gaslight. Historically, DC does a stellar job with its animated films, so how does this one measure up? Well, we'll see. Don't forget, if you enjoy this podcast, be sure to like and comment on our numerous social media platforms, as well as subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, and anywhere else where good podcasts live. To help out, we've even stuck the links in the description for this episode. Now, joining me as usual in the wave rider of podcasting, I have Stuart, Jane, Robert, and Ross. And I'm Liam. Now, let's get this show started. During the 21st century, comic books conquered the world and murdered everyone's spare time. I have assembled an elite team to hunt comic book stuff down throughout media and to cover their rise to power. Unfortunately, my plan is opposed by general life obligations, meaning instead of daily, we can do this weekly, thanks to something we have sworn our allegiance to, time management. In the future, we ourselves may not be heroes, but if we succeed, we will be remembered as the Legends of Podcasting. Now, as usual, this is a spoiler warning. There are spoilers in this podcast. Now, to start things off, why don't we do a little background on this and begin by taking a look at the comic, which I believe was the first Elseworlds story. Yeah, it's an interesting story, that one. I didn't realize until I looked at the uh, Wikipedia article for this that the um, initially it started life in 1989 as a, um, a story of the Batman that uh, Brian Augustine had written, and it wasn't until the Elseworlds label was founded a little later on that they retroactively, editorially made it the first Elseworlds story, so which is uh, interesting. <laughs> but um, yeah, obviously it's published in 1989 originally, written by Brian Augustine, um, with pencils by the then yet to be Hellboy creator Mike Mignola, um, whose artwork lends a really gritty, uh, grimy feel to uh, both Gotham and London in the comic. The story itself is reasonably short um, for what it is. Um, basically, essentially, it's someone thought up the idea of what if Batman had fight with Jack the Ripper and sort of fleshed it out a few more pages. Um, but despite being short, it's fairly well received popularly by among critics and fans. Um, the, the most recently reaching number 11 on the IGN list of the 25 best Batman graphic novels. Um, obviously, it's popular enough as well to spawn a sequel in 1991 called Master of the Future. It's set in the same universe and takes place some years after the initial comic, um, some of the elements of which make it into the film itself. All right, thanks for that. That's some interesting stuff on the comic. Now, what do we know about the film before we get into the actual review? Okay, so I, I've got a couple of the facts I sort of looked up before I actually even started watching the movie at all, just to know about it. So uh, the screenplay was done by uh, James Creek. Uh, so he's been known for producing like uh, Justice League actions uh, from like 2016 to 2017. He also did the Green Lantern, the animated series. Uh, that was what back in 2013 to 2014. But in terms of actors, so uh, for Batman, you've actually got it being voiced by uh, Bruce Greenwood. So uh, he's uh, he's the captain or well, the old captain of the Enterprise in the new set of Star Trek's movies, uh, the Chris Pine ones. Uh, so, yeah, he was in that. He's also done Young Justice. He was in uh, Kingsman, The Golden Circle. He was the president of the United States. Uh, he's also been in American Dad. He also did Batman Under the Red Hood. So, you know, a pretty good Batman. The greatest DC movie animated that they've done so far. He's definitely one yeah. of my favourite Batman voices. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Or is it the greatest one? Does Gotham by Gaslight beat it? Well, we'll have to wait and see. Let's go first. Do a little walkthrough with maybe first of all. Who's going to start us off? Uh, I will start you off with that one, Ian. So uh, <clears throat> it opens up 
sort of panning across an, uh, an old an old Gotham, which looks pretty amazing. And the mu I've said earlier, you guys know, but the music in this I thought was so well done. It's sort of like an old sort of organ or accordion or something. And through the film, especially in the beginning, I definitely got feels of the '89 Batman theme, which is like one of the best. <clears throat> and also uh, a little bit there was of the animated series as well. I thought, which was which was really nice. Yeah, it was throughout the whole film. It was very like appropriate to the setting and the whole yeah. story. It was great. The artwork really reminds me a lot of the animation, especially of the animated uh, series. So I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Yeah, I was going to also say the music. There's a little bits in there that reminded me a lot of Lex Luthor's theme from Batman v Superman, with the old like just real deep keyboard kind of. Dun, 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 yeah, I kind can of see thing. that. I felt that, especially when um, Ivy was being chased. I thought. Yeah, loved the artwork and the uh, the music yeah. on this. Thought it was really cool. Yeah, so I like I like what I like what the um what they did with the artwork. I'm not a big huge fan of the way the comics done, which we'll, we'll touch on later. But yeah, the, I like the way as you say, it sort of touched on the animated series, which I believe we we all grew up with. So we're all massive fans of. So after the music, they can go. It pans across, and you go into a sort of uh, I would say gentleman's club, where you see a, a lady a lady on stage dancing, and uh, quite obviously straight away you, you notice it's uh, Poison Ivy, which is a classic little Easter egg straight away from a character. Um, you then see her walking walking down the streets by herself because you know that's what you do in a creepy uh, creepy alleys. You walk by yourself. <laughs> Don't do that. I, I do that every night. <laughs> yeah, most people most people do. But um, <laughs> so she's here walking, and you see sort of a, 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 a creepy figure walking behind her, and obviously from from sort of tales, you know you know it's going to be it's going to be Jack the Ripper. And I was actually quite shocked. I don't I, I don't haven't actually checked the rating of this film as yet because I'm out digitally. But it you obviously see him kill her in Ooh. quite a brutal way. And she also I hints thought... at doing sort of adult, um, uh, going back to his place and stuff. And it's actually sort of blood gets obviously sh shown and things like that. So I'm guessing it's probably like a lot of the other DC animated movies, maybe a 12. <clears throat> I think I think so, most of them are a 12, but I, I think there are a few out there that are like a 15. I think like the, the second part of The Dark Knight Returns is a 15, because that bit is quite bloody as well. I've yes, yeah, yes, yes. So which is, which is a, a great thing about about them is that they um they can oh, do that all the... what sorry james it's an r rating apparently really okay well it's r rated yeah. for america we always get r rated as 15 like the wolverine was only a 15 over here uh logan sorry so yeah you'll see you see her get you see her get killed and it sort of pans away to uh these three kids trying to mug mug this up this couple um and he and batman jumps down in his usual way which he looks he looks amazing i have to say not being a massive fan of the the way the costume looks in the uh, in the comic I, and sort of in, in images, I actually thought it looked really good in this with the way they they drew it and sort of yeah. had all the uh, the details and everything on his belt, and even the way the cape sort of droops out like it's an old sort of fashioned coat, like um, like sort of posh gentleman wearing that in that day and age, which is really nice. And um, he obviously scares the kids off, and you actually hear two of the kids' names straight away as Jason and Timmy, yeah. which sort of hints straight away. So there's a third one who's the oldest. You know, they don't say his name. He's obviously going to be Dick. So it's actually the three Robins already put straight into the movie. Yeah. I thought was fantastic. I love that. Foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is a great. It's, it's a great thing to do. I mean, it, they're not in the comic. They didn't have to put them in, but just whoever say wrote this and sort of mixed it up so much that they've actually added in Poison Ivy and the three Robins within the first ten minutes of the movie. I mean, I you, say, say, you, you say you say they put Poison Ivy uh, in there. 
she got weeded out early. <laughs> Take your terrible joke. Do, do, do a sound effect of a, tum- of a tumbleweed going across the screen. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, saying that, I think uh, we'll talk about it more at the end, but it's one of the big just, you know, differences between the comic and the film is just how much the Batman universe they managed to incorporate into the animated feature. In the comic, it's fairly sparse. It's just bat- really Batman and Gordon are the only two characters that carry over. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely extended it. Yeah, they, they did some good work, like world building in this. They, they sort of like dropped in like little nuggets everywhere, which I thought was quite cool. Oh, it is really cool that they're taking these old books and then now they're turning them into these great animated movies. I'm really looking forward to uh, when they do the death and return of Superman. Oh, but yeah. That's definitely. a conversation for another day, I think. Right, yeah. So anyway, so yeah, he, sa- he saves the, cu- the couple from the, um, the married couple from the kids and beats the, beats the sort of big... Um, boss guy up which is which is great and actually thought going through the film but it, it was actually quite nice to see a batman i'm guessing he's quite early on in his career that wasn't just straight up i'm gonna hand you i'm just gonna beat you up really easily and he was actually getting so his ass handed to him quite a lot in it and i've you know i love when batman is just is awesome and like he can't be beaten I actually thought having it like this in this sort of story was actually quite interesting that it's actually going to be a difficult fight to have when he meets Jack the Ripper. So yeah, after that happens, it then pans to uh, sort of the next day, and you see a lot of people um, crowding around for this sort of fair, which is meant to be the um, sort of World of Tomorrow fair, I believe. And in this, there is, a, I mean, there's a barrage of loads of people. That you've got Hugo Strange, obviously from the comics. You've got Commissioner Gordon Bullock. You've got Leslie, who in the comics is obviously the uh, person who, who takes it, who, who knows about Batman, is sort of basically the nurse that helps him quite a lot. In it. And the way that, again, they threaded all these people in quite seamlessly, I thought, into the film. And you would only, if you were a big, if you were a fan of the comics, which if you're watching this film, you most likely are, would actually know who the characters are. And obviously you've got then Alfred as well, who's, who's played by this, some great voices. And I know we spoke about obviously who Batman was, but Alfred being uh, Anthony Head is a great English actor from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And back in the day, people used to watch that. And it sort of sets up the film nicely of what's going to happen. So this this sort of young Bruce Wayne who's just come back from being being abroad. It's certainly a, a very different take on like the Batman that you sort of you've seen a lot of recently, wasn't it? Like it's both familiar and it was distinctly new at the same time. Yeah, like you said, Stu, it certainly feels like he's at the start of his career here. He's just literally come back from Europe, um, from training overseas from I, I would assume. And he's uh, he's fresh into his career. And obviously, um, looking to make a difference in Gotham, so it's it's a different take on it from someone where we come into the story and he's already established. Exactly, yeah, exactly. And I say the way the, the, way the characters are fed in. The one I, one I forgot to mention, which is quite a main character in the story, is Selina Kyle, who you don't even get um, get sort of introduced by name. You just sort of see her in the background, but you can instantly tell who it is just from the look of her, which I think is a great thing. They sort of taken the iconic look of a lot of characters and put them in this film, sort of in obviously Victorian dress and things like that, but you can still tell who they are, which I think is great. And then sort of moving on to the next part after that, it goes on to, it goes to the next night, which I believe someone else is going to cut in. So, um, yeah, so they sort of go from there, Batman sort of gets it, or Bruce Wayne rather, gets in the horse and carriage and goes off with Leslie, and that's where she sort of starts talking about, you know, the travesties that are going on. Jack the Ripper is, you know, killing these women and, like, the police don't seem to be doing anything or want to do anything for whatever reason. But Bruce sort of says, ah, yeah, don't mind yourself. Carry on looking after the authors. I'm sure someone else will uh, take care of it. 
yeah, it cuts to the next night, and I must admit, this next scene I was really impressed with because I was sort of, I always try to pay attention to the movie. You know how some movies you just can't like get drawn into, but so what happens is uh, it follows Selena walking through the streets at night down a creepy alleyway, as we said earlier, as you do, and uh, you know, it very draws you in the atmosphere, the music, the even the drawing. It gets very dark. It lures you in. You and uh, you see, like, one way's blocked off, so she goes another way. She turns around another corner, it's blocked off. But ev- eventually you sort of see this shadow following her, and it's Jack the Ripper. And eventually, you know, the inevitable chase scene starts. So she starts running off down one way, and she runs off into this building. And, uh, which, correct me if I'm wrong, it's a meat house she runs in at that point? Yeah, yeah it's, it's an old meat factory that seems to be a bit abandoned, but for some reason still has meat in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, all that good produce just going to waste. Yeah, so I think it's at this point, uh, you know, she's backing up, desperately trying to find somewhere to hide from Ripper. And, uh, yeah, she sort of, like, gets backed into a corner, and he's there, and he's coming up to stab her. And then suddenly, that's when Batman appears. And you see this sort of very good, like, initial attack from Batman, you say, ah, yeah, here we go, you know, it's going to be typical, take it down, but no, he actually puts up a pretty good fight. Uh, but eventually, you have this one moment where Celine sort of, like, pauses and stops, and, you know, she starts undoing the side of her dressing, you think, oh, God, what's going on? And then suddenly, there we go. She bring, breaks out a whip and starts trying to uh, have her wicked way. <laughs> Thought she was trying to kill Jack the Ripper, but you know, maybe she's trying to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who, who knows? At that point, I was very confused. I was just like, "Is she trying to kill him? What is she trying to do?" I, I just <laughs> did not know anymore. Uh, but yeah, but so, it, it, it's a good callback to her character as Catwoman in the comics, in that you know she uses whip as her main form of getting around and also for a, a, a attack and defence. But uh, yeah, um, also shows that she's not actually she's not actually scared of him. I think it, it was, I think sort of slightly getting out backwards, but I think she. Initially, he's sort of backing into the corner in the meat factory, and she gets the whip out first, and she and tries to fight him. Yeah, it's, 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 she was. You find out after the fight's concluded a bit later on that um, she was initially looking for Jack the Ripper because she's um, fed up with the police not taking things into matters, in, and she's taking matters into her own hands, trying to track down the the, the man. She, and she wants stop to them. protect the women of the city, you know, because no one's bothering to do anything. She mentions during the film of if, it, if it was men being killed, more would be done. So it's very much sort of set in that era where women are. It's true to her form in the comics where she protects one particular part of Gotham City when she turns to becoming a good guy. In this, she's, she's concerned with the women of a lower class that are being picked off by the Ripper who are having to live in this particular one area of the city. And that's all she's concerned about, really. But, you know, not to say that's shortening her, her view, but, uh, yeah, she's definitely trying to look out for her own yeah. and protect them. So, yeah, so eventually it sort of turns out that she was intentionally trying to capture the, catch Jack the Ripper, uh, but... Uh, there's this uh, hole in the floor. I think it's just some sort of drop to the floor below, which Batman, you know, sort of pulls and he falls down thinking he's captured him. And uh, she's like, oh, no, what have you done? And when they look down, inevitably, the bad guy's gone. And, uh, you know, he's, Batman starts checking, is she all right and everything? And uh, she sort of starts, you know, shrugging him off. I'm fine. I don't need a lift home or anything like that. And then before she turns around to sort of say, you know, thank you very much. You may kindly leave. <laughs> He's done his normal trick and vanished. <laughs> Classic Batman. Yeah, always. Uh, so yeah, so 
Following from that, it sort of cuts to uh, a house where we find it's actually Jim Gordon waking up from a nightmare, a uh, nightmare of his wife being hurt, and you sort of have this nice conversation with him and his wife, and you know, she says, oh, you're up all these late nights, you know, purging the scum of Gotham, you know, it's taking its toll on you and all this. And eventually he goes outside and Batman's there. You, know, you have the classic relationship between them almost, which just seems to be starting, I got the impression of. Yeah, it's kind of clear that um, Jim doesn't trust Batman at this point in time, but Batman's trying to make a case if they should work together to help bring things down. They sort of come to a, uh, an agreement and Jim sort of, doesn't he? He agrees um, to give Batman some information on the Ripper from the police case, but basically, you know, not illegal on the roof of the courthouse and Batman shouldn't come back to his house because it's his sanctuary kind of thing. Uh, he doesn't want his house. I think he says he doesn't want his house being corrupted by this. The, 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 everything that's going on in Gotham, he wants it to be a safe place. Yeah, uh, exactly. He wants it to yeah. like remain pure, as it were. So yeah, so uh, he gives him this bit of information, and uh, it then cuts to Wayne Manor, and you see, uh, you start to see the detective side of Bruce Wayne or Batman, because uh, he's analysing this or looking at this evidence, uh, trying to like get a profile on uh, Jack the Ripper trying to figure out some information. So you start to see almost like the classic Batman that you normally see everywhere else. So uh, <laughs> Batman instantly gets up to sort of say that he's going, right, I'm going to go out in my evening attire, to which Bat uh, Alfred has already sort of given him his suit. He's just like, oh, oh, I actually meant my other suit, but fine, I'll take this one. So we see him cut to uh, a night out with his best friend from school. Harvey Dent, which I thought was an interesting twist for them to do. Uh, they go to uh, this uh, show where it's like a is it, it's like a dancing girl show basically, uh, and then you actually spot that the lead uh, lady taking it uh, on is actually Selena Kyle. Uh, at the end of the show, they go backstage to start hanging out together or just sort of talking because Harvey Dent seems to be particularly interested in her. Uh, yeah, and they're sort of they just go off on a wander together, sort of uh, talking about like the state of Gotham and how no one was ever interested or whatever. Uh, and eventually, they get to Bruce Wayne's club, which is only for men, but he seems, you know, as if he is genuinely like, so he's just like, oh, I'm sorry, I wish you could come in. Uh, Cut to next second, and they've dressed her up in a suit and tux and everything and top hat, and she snuck in with them. Feminism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I thought it was it was sort of again remained true to like her character almost a little bit, like you know sneaking in disguises, getting where in where she shouldn't be, and all this. I thought that as well. I mean, it's worth mentioning that this is set in the Victorian era, obviously, and there's a lot of there's subtle mentions to the suffragette movement and women sort of coming out and being you know trodden down by the man a bit, which is you know it's just it's just nice background and world building to to show that that's still yeah. happening in this time period. So. Yeah, exactly. So then they're uh, talking about uh, oh, I forget what specifically they're talking about, but I think Bruce has got a particular interest in Selena that he knows that she's not all that she appears to be because obviously he knows what she was trying to do when he was Batman. Uh, and she also pegs that he's got a, like a detective minds or something like that. It's like, Oh, you should be more interested than the sort of like, you know, petty uh, troubles of like a uh, billionaire or whatever. Uh, and then as they're talking, he's suddenly between them, they realize 
who is sort of like the target, like who the general profile of people he's attacking. And uh, he has a sudden realisation that it's uh, probably Leslie who's going to be attacked next. Yeah, that's quite, that's quite a good scene, I thought, because um, it's got the bill, so where uh, she calls him out on not actually drinking all night as well. Yeah, they, they kind of notice each other, things about each other, and they're doing the whole Sherlockian, you know, from the modern uh, Bendit Comeback Sherlock series, where they're kind of noticing clues about each other that are not quite all they seem, which I thought was a nice yeah, bit of touch. Yeah, but he calls her out on a few things, doesn't he? Because she says, oh, what yeah. makes you think that? And he goes, oh, because of the, it's like abrasion on your arm and this kind of, all this stuff. And then, it, and I say, she sort of gets him back with, like, well, he goes, well, we've been drinking. He goes, no, you've been throwing your uh, drinks in plant pots all evening. And he sort of looks quite shocked. Yeah, so it is very much like, I mean, I'll, I'll save this more towards the end when we get to thoughts of feeling, but it definitely feels very much more emphasis on, like, the detective part of Batman, like, sort of detective, almost to a Sherlock level. Well, yeah, so he, he even quotes Sherlock at the, near the end of the film, which I thought was quite good. Yes, so yeah, exactly. Trained by this guy, and his favourite quote was that sort of famous Sherlock, Sherlock um, quote. So, Yeah. So, yeah, so they were talking for ages. They gradually, they've noticed all these things by each other, you know, detecting things like working out, oh, you've been doing this all evening, you've been doing this. And they get onto the topic and then they suddenly realise, or at least Bruce does, realises who the next uh, target is going to be. So then we cut to the convent where Sister Leslie is helping out a homeless woman who's obviously a bit drunk before heading out into a graveyard to pray at a statue. She's approached from behind by a dark shadow who is revealed to be Jack the Ripper. Um, who promptly, uh, after a brief back and forth with Sister Leslie, refuses um, to, to beg. Uh, the Ripper slashes her down. Um, Bruce hears the scream, arriving just too late to save her, and finds her body uh, crumpled on the floor, um, and notices on the ground a pin from his club at the scene. Um, he's also spotted by the homeless lady that was being helped up by Leslie before, who only who arrives also just too late to save Leslie, and spots Bruce kneeling over the corpse, which will be relevant a bit later on. Um, back at Wayne Manor, Alfred uh, tries to find Bruce to find that he's in his um, his secret attic. Um, and he's busy at work. Not the back cave. The back I was like, what? What's going on? <laughs> That's a subversion, just like in Star Wars. It's subversion. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's doing some detective work with a pin. Uh, Alfred mentions how finding fingerprints won't fly because that's just not science. Um, yeah, so I, I, I only... love that line. That was, that was really cool. That was a very cool line, I thought. <laughs> um, you almost wanted Bruce, Bruce to say science, bitch. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce notes that there aren't any prints on the... Um, uh, on the pin because the assailant was using gloves, but notices some fibres that might be able to match to a coat. Um, if it, um, obviously the pin coming from the Dionysus Club limits the amount of people that could possibly have uh, um, have been wearing it. Um, at which point Alfred mentions that it's the uh, the funeral for Sister Leslie and Bruce needs to go. So we cut to the funeral. Um, wait, 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 one, one Easter egg. Did anyone, no one, maybe no one has noticed this because I'm probably like the only one that's ever watched the old 66 show. But he said something about <laughs> Mrs. Cooper, the, the like caretaker lady, who's like the woman who's from the 66 show, who lives in the house. I was like, bam, that's an Easter egg that no one will get. You win the title of Capital Nerd. Ooh, show, right? Batman. <laughs> <laughs> but he's our resident Batman uh, <laughs> So uh, we're at the funeral for Sister Leslie. Uh, most of the cast is in attendance. You know, Harvey Dent's there. Um, most of the police force, including Gordon and the commissioner and everyone else is there. Um, it, it's a very sad scene. Um, in the background, the uh, the, the, the Tim uh, 
Jason and the other chap who we're assuming to be Dick uh, attempts to try and rob Alfred, who catches them. Um, worried that they might ca- uh, call the police, Alfred uh, bribes the kids to start working for him in exchange for money and food, um, which is a nice little touch. Uh, as the um, service starts to break up, uh, Bruce runs into Hugo Strange, who um, he says he's not there for the funeral, not known for Leslie by person. He's there for professional reasons, citing that he believes the person that Jack the Ripper is among the crowd. Uh, and he's there to try and see if he's correct. Um, but Bruce tries to press him for more information, but uh, Hugo Strange says he'll only tell the Batman his theory, implying heavily that he thinks he Bruce is either Batman or Bruce is the Ripper. Um, and that uh, Bruce, knowing lots of people, should be able to get a message to the Batman to meet Hugo at the Arkham Asylum that evening so he can tell him his theory. And yeah. uh, so, so, ooh, totally so not at all. Yeah. <laughs> well, we cut to Arkham Asylum later that night. Um, Hugo's in his office, and there's a shadowy figure in the windowsill, um, who he assumes to be Batman, noting that Batman's slightly early. Uh, Hugo gives a strange about wearing masks. Um, gives a speech about wearing masks. Um, that it seems that there's quite a lot of tribal stuff on his wall. But the figure reaches down and grabs one and puts it on himself, um, revealing that it's Jack the Ripper and not Batman. Uh, Hugo panics saying that uh, obviously that he's not a a prostitute and he can't be killed by the Ripper but the Ripper takes him anyway at which point Batman arrives just in time to see um, Jack the Ripper throw Dr. Hugo Strange being thrown to his insane patients and promptly killed by Jack the Ripper Um, Batman gives chase uh, obviously, the orderlies to Arkham Asylum only see Batman and don't, they miss Jack the Ripper. Uh, assuming he's killed Hugo Strange, they call the police, uh, letting them know that uh, he's there. Meanwhile, the Ripper flees to the rooftop of the building, where what the uh, earlier in the um, the fair scene at the start, we were introduced to a new flying Zeppelin, uh, which the police were going to be using to patrol Gotham City. Uh, obviously, it's passing overhead, and Jack the Ripper manages to get on board. Batman, uh, obviously, escaping onto the rooftop uses his grappling gun to climb up onto the Zeppelin, break in and starts fighting Jack the Ripper in order to stand out fight scene, both in animation and choreography. Uh, really, yeah. And I quite like the, the gas-powered sort of uh, grapple gun as well. It wasn't yeah. just oh, a yeah. crash, you actually had to sort of pump up the gas at the, uh, when he, before he fired it. But it, it's, it's quite obvious from the two of them fighting how outmatched Batman is. Uh, the Ripper is an expert hand-to-hand combat man, and he has the upper hand throughout the fight. Um, the, the fight goes all over the Zeppelin from inside the cockpit to onto the rooftop where uh, this my favourite scene from the whole film there's a sort of silhouetted fight against the moon um, which is again very well choreographed in the animated TV show um, and then um, while this is all going on the police down on the ground are, f- are chasing the Zeppelin um, at which point the uh, they open fire on it using pistols from hundreds of yards away still manage to hit one of the engines and knock it out of the sky <laughs> <laughs> gotta love Just, them pistols <laughs> Quite an amazing shot for the plots. Um, <laughs> it's nice to have that can actually shoot straight. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so uh, during this point in time, the engine's destroyed and the Zeppelin begins to descend towards Gotham Park, where it crash lands in a fiery blaze. Um, obviously, the Ripper and Batman have both managed to escape. Uh, Batman's obviously quite severely injured, but the Ripper manages to get away in the confusion. Uh, Batman chases after him, but the, the police have managed to catch up by this point in time and end up chasing him into the city. Um, so while he's trying to escape, they're setting up a cordon to try and catch the Batman, believing him to be the Ripper, uh, as a result of the uh, incident at Arkham Asylum earlier, um, and start opening fire on him, at which point Gordon manages to arrive and tells him not to shoot. He wants the Batman alive and he wants to question him. Meanwhile, 
a, an injured and severely hurt uh, Bruce Wayne has uh, taken his mask off in order to avoid being caught by the police on site. Um, manages to sneak through the city, um, but obviously the police set up a cord and then he's having trouble getting out. He's very almost caught by the police when a carriage pulls up and who should be inside but Selina Kyle. <laughs> she drives him in. Um, they have a quick back and forth, um, sort of flirtatiously. She notices he's quite hurt and when she pulls his coat aside, finds the Batman finds Batsuit underneath. Uh, which point she, she puts two and two together and um, decides to help him out. So, uh, at which point they um, they ditch most of Batman's gear, obviously realizing that the, the coach is going to be stopped, and pretending making out in the coach. Well, more than making out, I think it's implied when the coach stops and the police open the door. <laughs> so they definitely um, ditched his costume and they're under the sheets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when, when, when it's after, after they shut the door, it's like, um, put the cops goes, lucky bastard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, That's great. after they after they get out of the cordon, Selena, uh, there's a little bit of there's a huge bit of dialogue where um, Selena says that as an actress she was playing the part perfectly, but Bruce needs a hell of a lot more quote unquote practice. At which point they head back to Selena's house and promptly do the do the deed. <laughs> get practicing. <laughs> get, get more practice in here. Yeah. Um, shortly after this, uh, yeah, <laughs> we cut to the uh, the police search, which is still ongoing in Gotham, where the Commissioner Gordon has been uh, told by one of his bobbies that they found a uh, a body under one of the tunnels, and who should it be? But it's the body of the homeless woman who spotted Bruce from earlier, um, and who's obviously been killed off by the Ripper. Uh, cut back to uh, Bruce and Selena, who are obviously talking. Um, uh, sort of post-coital uh, about the... There's no nice way of saying that. Cigarette, cigarettes in each hand. A bit of pillow so they talk. A, a bit, yeah, they're in a bit of pillow talk and it's quite an interesting scene because they're talking about their, their shared histories in that um, Selena always wanted to protect people when she grew up and then Batman also he'd lost his parents and wanted to, to prove his sense of justice. Um, but there it's interrupted by the police who promptly keep the door in and uh, tell them that they're there to arrest Bruce Wayne for the murder of the homeless woman. Um, obviously citing they have evidence, at which point um, Bruce says, uh, no, you'll get his best friend Harvey Dent, who's a lawyer in to do this. And uh, the police say, don't bother. Harvey's the one that tipped you off. Um, yeah, I was really, oh, I was really shocked you. by that. I really was when that happened. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Okay. So, Bit of, bit of a heel turn by Harvey there. Um, so the because um, of a woman, bit too faced, you could say. Yeah. Yeah. He's a bit too faced. Yes, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we we cut then to the the courthouse where he's being arraigned. Um, that Harvey Dent's leading the prosecution, uh, basically putting Bruce uh, in the frame for being Jack the Ripper with some really shoddy evidence, which the judge seems to, uh, you know, the, the pin that they found on the body um, near Leslie, um, the fact that Bruce is a member of the club and that he's had ample money to uh, afford bail and he can get out of it if he wants to, that kind of thing. Um, and also citing the rather obvious clue that Bruce, the uh, Jack the Ripper killing is only started around the time Bruce came back from Europe. <laughs> it's just... Um, yeah. So based upon all this evidence, Bruce is promptly locked up in Blackgate Penitentiary pending trial, and Harvey Dent, being the two-faced that he is, suggests that they remand him without bail because Bruce has the funds to flee. Yes. <laughs> Which I thought at, at that point, let's put it, I actually thought that he was Jack the Ripper. Yeah, that seemed to be what they're setting up on that. That's where I thought that was going. Yeah, I thought that as yeah, well. I, yeah. I was Me thinking too. that from uh, back when the mask at the mental asylum. I was like. When the guy was talking about, oh, like, you know, these are different faces. And I was like, ah, oh, two-face, two 
you know. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's it sort of plays on 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 us as sort of fans who know the characters of like, oh, Harvey. It's obviously just Harvey Dent at the moment. Oh, but he's, he's Two Face in most things we've seen him in. So is his Two Face in this Jack the Ripper? Well, there was a line earlier that I forgot about. I just remembered as well. I think it's um when Bruce, Harvey, and Selena go to the club for the first time. And they mentioned that uh, Selena mentioned she knows Harvey from the past, and that he's a bit of a uh, different. He's a bit of a two-faced character because he gets different. He gets a different personality when he's drunk, almost like a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde. And I was like, uh, uh, uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I guess I'm finishing on with the final act. Yes, go for it, Ross. Right. So we what do we we get to Selena visiting uh, Bruce in prison, like pleading to him, you know, just tell him you're Batman, you know, and then we can. Uh, prove your innocence on the first murder and everything but he's refusing to do that um but she doesn't obviously want anybody any other woman to die so she's gonna say well um if you don't do it i'm gonna basically do it so she leaves to go does he actually say why he doesn't want to reveal himself he says that batman's got to be a symbol of purity and that it's basically as long as nobody's associated with the mask it can be a symbol of like a bit like in the dark knight the film yeah. Uh, when they say like he's a symbol for it being incorruptible, if if, if, if it's revealed it's somebody, he can be corruptible and brought down. So, um, so she leaves, obviously, probably to go and find um, Gordon and uh, reveal his secret. But uh, we also then cut to uh, Bruce handing a um, piece of paper that he wrote. It looks like he's right drawing stickmen <laughs> on uh, <laughs> on some paper. Um, to go to a guard to take this to Alfred for a hundred dollars, and the guy's like, "Well, yeah, I'm not going to be bribed." But there you go. All right. If you do it in half an hour, I'll give you two hundred. So <laughs> that persuades it. Which is, <laughs> I quite like that scene. It was quite funny. The guard doesn't even say anything. You just still see his, his expression and being a cartoon is probably just expression. His face is just like, "Hmm, okay," and just takes it and puts it in his pocket. Yeah, like, oh, he just really turns and walks off. <laughs> um. Uh, he also um, Bruce then starts a riot in the in the prison. And uh, by, oh, fight, by uh, interesting enough, by fighting Cyrus Gold, yeah, who, at this he's, point, he's, still alive. Yeah, he's uh, obviously Grundy, <laughs> which is a nice little yeah. Thing. And um, uh, so he uh, he confuses everybody, impersonates a guard, and uh, slips away. And uh, Selena's then seen heading to the court. I, I was going to say, say Ross, that that yeah. kind of explains how all the criminals in Arkham keep getting out if there's guards easily bribed and easily confused I mean yeah it's not exactly, <laughs> not exactly difficult um, so Selena's then heading to the uh, the courthouse to find Gordon and uh, then Dent appears and like seems to seems to threaten her I thought it was quite it's quite an evil I can't remember the exact oh, yeah, phrase definitely. that he used but he definitely that's what made me kind of assume yeah this is definitely he definitely seems to be Jack the Ripper here um, he was calling her like a dirty woman, yeah, you know, that's like right, full yeah. of sin or something. Yeah, that kind of like the same language Jack the Ripper was using. Yeah, so it definitely it definitely implies that. Um, uh, and then it cuts to the Robins. Um, basically, they deliver a seems to be a massive box and um, obviously his costume. And I was like, no, it can't be the Batmobile. It's far too small for the Batmobile. This is going to build this thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Steam powered like Batmobile or something. Um, uh, so he suits up, and then uh, we then Selena's then arriving at the fair to find Gordon, and uh, then Batman's obviously chasing her to the uh, to Gordon's house, and uh, he finds Barbara being a bit uh, being a bit hysterical <laughs> when he finds the he sees the like the rubbing of the wood in the hallway, which looks like a door or something is moved quite often there. So he does his he finds the uh, the secret basement and basically reveals the twist. 
that just come out of nowhere for me that Gordon is the Ripper, and uh, he's basically been practicing on his wife. <laughs> he's oh, been yeah. crazy. I was like, okay, this oh. this took a turn. I did not see this coming. Um, uh, I, oh, you, you remember from earlier when I said that uh, Gordon woke up from a nightmare in the scene following where Gordon was talking with his wife you don't see the left hand side of her face at all so they keep that sort of like covered uh, right. up or turned away from the camera but then obviously that this bit you've just seen that it's the left hand side of her face that's been sort yeah. of burnt with these acids and everything I know I remember it's really, it's really clever yeah that same scene where he's talking to his wife in the kitchen about doing, putting in long hours and uh, and the stress of wiping the, the scum out of Gotham. It all kind of makes a, a horrible sense now. She said he's like, he burnt the sin out of me or something. Yeah. And, uh, and later on he says, <clears throat> like, Batman's like, what, what, what did you do to wife? And he's like, oh, wives are like the worst of all or something, like giving to men and stuff like this. is like, Jesus, man. He said, I'm going to try and rid the world, starting with the original sin. Or something like yeah, that. which wives, apparently. I was just like, wow. Yeah. It gets very dark, like, very quick. <laughs> yeah, it does. Because I, I wanted to watch it again to see if you did see the side of her face, or did she have, like, her hair covering it or what? Because, obviously, you weren't paying no, attention it... for that the first time, so that was a bit of a... Yeah, say, that, that, it was a... We're saying here, no one, no one guessed that was the twist, right? Because I, no. I, I completely, no. like, threw me completely. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see that twist coming at all. I was completely caught off guard. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. I did as well. Um, yeah, that straight out left field. Yeah. Um, no, it's quite, it's quite good because they sort of pan around the sort of like hidden lab and he's got like boxing gloves, which proves why he's a good fighter. Yeah. And like pictures of him and it looks like in the army and stuff, like being like a sort of surgeon. Yeah, it's, it's well. mentioned a couple of times in the war that he was an army and he was uh, an army surgeon in the Civil War. Which is yeah. obviously where he got all of his skills from, and uh, he saw a lot of horrors, and it's kind of messed with his head a bit. Yeah, and he trained trained yeah. in London, wasn't it, for the boxing or something? Yeah, something like that. Which yeah. is why, and they obviously used the the the, the, the Ripper murders in London, where obviously they used his trial attempts at, yeah. at cleaning up the city. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> so then we we then cut to uh, Selena and Gordon, and she reveals uh, Bruce's uh, secret, and then he just basically starts going a bit even more crazy if he can <laughs> basically calling her a, you know deceiving druggy whore basically and he's just gonna starts trying to kill her uh but she gets away and uh which i really like this bit where she's got blood where she's been like sort of cut and beaten up and she uses the blood on the spotlight from the world fair that we saw earlier and creates the bat yeah. signal that was <laughs> that was really good yeah, that was, was a nice little cool. touch yeah it's, that was touch yeah so then uh Batman leaving uh, uh, Gordon's house, then sees it in the sky and heads straight to it. Um, we then uh, do we? We then cut to Selina and uh, Gordon again fight. Well, like on the Ferris wheel, and Batman arrives and uh, starts breaking out into a fight on top of the, uh, the Ferris wheel car. Um, <clears throat> with with that bit as well. Just so when when they, when they first he first obviously like crush through the glass, classic Batman. Yeah. And sort of faces, yeah. faces Gordon. You notice how Gordon was sort of talking about Jack in third person, because it was a big thing about that Jack was left-handed, and he obviously had hit, hit yeah. him that yeah. being right-handed all the time. And he goes, oh, yeah, but Jack, Jack's always left-handed. That's how he does things. It was really like, it, like sort of a comment about Jekyll and Hyde that he said about Harvey Dent. It was sort of like, it felt like that for, for, for me for a minute. I was just like, has he got like a dual personality? Or is he... 
I very just... much got that sense of it being a dual personality because it or at least something that he's mm. into. Both of us, it's not mentioned a lot, but there are subtle clues throughout the film about how he was obviously broken by his experience at war. Um, he's obviously very damaged, and um, he's kind of obviously he mentions that the the reason why he's right-handed as, as Gordon is because he was a uh, ward of the nuns years ago, and they beat the left-handed habit out of him because it was an evil thing apparently. Gordon's but Gordon's aware that he's Jack the Ripper. It's not like a it's not like a completely separate. Oh, yeah, no, he's, he's he's aware of it. yeah, I think he's aware of it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Just, just... Yeah, yeah, because that that basically goes into where he then just basically starts explaining to Bruce, you know, why he's doing this. You know, he's seen horrible things in war, and he just wants to cut everything out and be just trying to get the world back in order. Even though what he's doing is probably worse than what most people are doing. Um, he seems to sort of say that um, the women are that somehow uh, whores and women are the worst, and that's the way he's got to start or something like that as well. Which is why he's been yeah. killing off um, Lazy the Night. Yeah, yeah. Um, so while they're while they're chatting away and getting <laughs> getting uh, getting a chatting bit, with their fists, yeah, <laughs> they um, uh, one of the gas lanterns on the the cart uh, gets smashed and starts causing a fire. Which then basically the whole Ferris wheel starts going up and the whole fairground and everything. And um, while in the middle of it, Gordon slips off, off of the carriage. And Batman being, obviously, he doesn't want to kill anybody. The usual thing that he always does helps Gordon up. And at the same time, he gets handcuffed. Um, the two, Gordon and Batman get handcuffed together. And they, uh, he starts, that's, I think that's, that's when Gordon starts going really nuts and starts you know, saying that we're going to burn the world of tomorrow. And like women are the worst things, and uh, then uh, while he's chatting away and basically shouting out all these crazy ideals that he thinks are right, Batman slips off his handcuff and handcuffs Gordon to the top of the the cart, and uh, <laughs> a great line of saying, "I paid Houdini three hundred dollars for that trick." That was awesome. That was really you can good. get away with it being in that time period that he would have actually yeah. met Houdini. You could have said that he literally show. just came from maybe Houdini. That's where he was yeah, before he exactly. arrived in Gotham. Well, like, in the anything. comic stuff, it's like Zatanna's dad and, and sort of other yeah, artists. Yeah, this, one, him. Yeah. this one is actually like the classic. Same with the the, the Sherlock Holmes quote. Uh, I reckon he doesn't mention it. He doesn't. That he pays Sherlock Holmes, but I reckon he went he and met yeah. him. He probably knows him. Yeah. Trained train by him. <laughs> Didn't he say an old mentor told him, you know, uh, yeah. was you eliminate yeah, the he, possible... He does the Sherlock yeah. quote that, yeah, so it's constantly, it's implied to be him. I like the way they do that, because obviously the Victorian era, they do a very League of Extraordinary thing. They kind of allow it to... There's, there's a lot of characters and fictional characters that exist in that time period. They're very easy to link into this, and I quite like the way they keep linking to all of them. Yeah. <laughs> so then, uh, basically, Gordon then just steps backwards into the fire... I'm guessing just because he didn't want to, he just wanted to avoid being captured, and um, yeah, he just then just burnt, burnt while screaming, which is <laughs> yeah, that was dark. That was dark. Right? It was, was, dark, that was... Yeah. Um, The wheel then starts to collapse under the fire, and um, uh, Selena is still quite. In... But did she get poisoned? I can't remember. Or was she? Quite... Yeah, he's got like a little, she got drugged with a laudanum solution, doesn't he? And she's kind of a bit, a bit dozy, but coming out of it. And Batman's wounded, so the two of them manage to sort of stagger That's... off before yeah, the thing collapses. Yeah, yeah, just before they get destroyed. When then Alfred and the Robins turn up in their uh, carriage to uh, save the day. To save the day. And uh, Batman oh, obviously has not even met the Robins yet, and he's just asking right. that's Alfred. A, that's a great name for a band, Alfred and the Robins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> everything. That would be good. 
that we and copyright as well. Damn trade. <laughs> <laughs> Trademarks. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, so Bruce has never seen these people, these kids before. So he's asking um, like Alfred, like, are these yours? And he's like, no, sir, they're yours. <laughs> Which, uh, I thought that was another great line from Alfred. Being be, be if, if, if he was the leader at that point, you'd be like, what the hell are they? Yeah. Who the hell's the of these kids? <laughs> um, oh. And then. Uh, well, it ends by like Selena commenting that um, you know the fair, which was their kind of like future, is all gone up in flames, and there's like all the hope and everything is gone. But then uh, Dicky, I think they call is it? I don't know if it's Dicky or Dick. Um, then says you know it was all fake anyway, and let's just build something better. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll fade the black off. Yeah, that, that concludes. <laughs> Yeah, it's sort of great, quite quite a sort of close off ending as well. Yeah. Quite, it's quite good. If you guess it. Yeah, uh, there's no like Easter eggs or any like post credit scenes or anything. That's just literally. Yeah. All right, so that's so that's the movie then. Uh, now being through it. So overall, guys, how did, how did it measure up with the other DC movies? How did you like it? Found myself very conflicted about it, but overall, yeah, it was a good movie. I mean, based upon the source material, they went a hell of a long way to, um, you know, introducing lots of characters from the extended universe. You've got uh, Bruce Timm back on board, so there's a lot of uh, animated universe stuff in there. And the, the, the feel is kind of the same, but they use a lot more adult themes, which they can get away with. And I, you know, I kind of enjoyed the expansion on, on the original story and definitely mm-hmm. some of the, the, the newer plot twists as well. I did not see the Gordon thing coming yeah. at all. Like for me, yeah, as well, yeah, I'd read the comic just a few days before seeing it. And... Um, when you see that guy Jacob Packer in the first like two pages, you're like, "Who the hell is this guy? This guy must be yeah. Jack the Ripper." So it's kind of obvious that well, the new made... characters coming into it. So when I was watching this, off, I was like, in the comic. "I was like, well, right, who's the new character in the first act? They're going to show a new character. That guy's going to be Jack the Ripper." But they didn't, and I was like, "Hang about!" And literally within the first five minutes, I honestly thought Bruce Wayne was Jack the Ripper because he. He was this mysterious man, and then he he said to Alfred, like, "Oh, get my evening, get my evening gear." And then the next scene, you see Jack the Ripper, and I was thinking about, it, is that the twist that Bruce Wayne? Because you're just going to assume that Bruce Wayne is Batman, but when's if say Jim Gordon or Harvey Dent was Batman, and it was Jack the Ripper was actually Bruce I mean, Wayne? I mean, bad twist. I thought that yeah. would, I thought that's where it was going, but then after about ten fifteen minutes into it, I was like, oh, "No, no, he's definitely Batman." Okay, right, who is it? And yeah, I didn't see Jim Gordon at all. I agree. Yeah, I, I, I thought. I, I, to be honest, I wasn't overly looking forward to this film. It, it, I've, I've never read the comic. I've read actually. Read, I've sort of read the comic after seeing the film because I wanted to see what the, what the comparison was like after speaking with you lot. Um, mostly because I'm a very, no, no, I'm a massive Batman fan. I'm very fussy on artwork, and if I don't enjoy the art style of the comic, I can't enjoy reading it. So there's a lot of comics like this, and also like, like Dark Knight Returns. I just can't. I've never read because I just can't get all the artwork. So I was not overly excited about watching this, but in a way that sort of made it better because I was watching it and I was just like, this is actually really good. I think the the animated series style artwork certainly helps it resonate with people that might be more familiar with that kind of universe. I will just say that I I do enjoy the artwork in the original comic. It's Mike Mignola who um, obviously went on to create Hellboy after he did this. And obviously I'm a bit of a fan of Hellboy, so I quite like that art style. But um, yeah, it, I think the his artwork in the comic gives a very gritty and grimy feel to Gotham, which is kind of what's needed for that story. Mm. But then I think the animation they started with in this works much better for the film. So yeah, I like both. 
Yeah, and also, also like re- going back through the comment, I mean, just listen to us go through the whole story. All of our favourite moments aren't actually in the comic. All the bits we sort of mentioned and sort of gone, oh, this bit's really good, this bit's really good, they aren't in the comic. So, I mean, just to prove how much sort of better potentially they've made the story yeah. turning into a movie. Stuff they so, added to it. So that's the point. So, I mean, what are then the key differences that they've changed between the comic and the film? Clearly, Jack the Ripper is now a different person. So instead of it being the random person we didn't know in the comic, we, uh, and he yeah. turned out to be Jack, it's turned out to be uh, Gordon, which none of us saw that. Other than that, what are the other big changes that they've done? I think mainly introduction of uh, extended Batman universe characters. The only ones that show up in the comic really are Gordon and Bruce. Well, there's also a mention of the Joker very briefly in, the, in one of the panels, but uh, that's about it. And that helps flesh out the world a lot more. I also thought the way that they, in the comic, the way that they um, sort of frame Bruce and put him in prison, I thought was done quite um, cheaply and quite, I don't know, it didn't really feel as well scripted as it did in the animated movie where they, because um, it was just the, they found the, you have the old woman seeing Bruce running to the graveyard where um, Leslie gets killed. Um, you have the pin um, and then, but in the comic where it's just, they find a knife under his bed, don't they? Which I think has been planted or something. I can't remember how the knife got. Yeah, there. So it, it, it's worth mentioning that the, um, the Jack Ripper character in the comic is uh, Uncle Jacob, a character we've never met before who's one of Bruce's relatives, who you meet within five panels of the comic opening and it's immediately obvious he's Jack the Ripper because yeah. he's on the same boat from Bruce from Europe to America and he's obviously setting Bruce up for the fall because yeah. um, he's got access to it. The other thing as well as in that, the, the Uncle Jack, um, the Ripper, is quite a lot older and he's not a very good fighter in the comic he literally as soon as he sees batman i think he says oh my god and basically starts running and then gets knocked out in like one or two punches where in this you know you've got jim who's a pretty good hand-to-hand and was almost a bit better than batman in most scenes which was was really nice to watch yeah it was good it was good to see like you know batman wasn't like dominating every single fight scene he was actually having to yeah it was a decent enemy a decent foe yeah 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 Okay, so it sounds like, uh, all in all, it sounds like everyone enjoyed it. You know, is it, where, where do you put this? Among the best of the animated or, you know? Where, it's definitely John? in the top, top, top half for me, without a doubt. Yeah, it's sort of like above the middle for me, at least, anyway. It's, um, it's certainly a step up from the film that came before it, um, controversial as it was. Um, <laughs> yeah. the, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. How much they added in that and got wrong. And with this, they added so much and got right. Yeah. And what was the one from before this? <laughs> Killing joke. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah there, there we are. <laughs> it's all coming back to you now. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I, think, I think that's a topic for another podcast, maybe doing a, a retro review. Uh, no, 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 yeah. I, I think that just summarised it, basically. <laughs> I think, I think, I think um, Dick summarised it quite well in this movie. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was yeah. a great 66 nod when he said that <laughs> that was so good uh, I, I have a question for you guys what would you rank it out of 10 uh, solid 7 yeah 7 okay yeah 7 or 8 um, the, the animation and some of the fight choreography for me elevated it above a lot of the other stuff we've seen yeah. so. you know, I'd, I'd actually give it an 8 um, like I was surprised at how much I enjoyed this film. Like going into it, 
you know, I, I didn't really have any expectations. Like, as you said, killing joke, which I apparently done a good job of wiping from my memory. Um, <laughs> and uh, that was the last one, which you just kind of watched like, eh, okay. Um, so going into this one, I didn't have high expectations, but, but man, really enjoyed it. Was really surprised and impressed by the, uh, the artwork and the music and the story. I didn't see the twist and the action in it, it was in the choreography with that. It was, uh, and the cinematography, the, the angles that they chose on it, the framing, it was, a lot of it was just, it was great. Yeah. There were some really good bits in this. So, uh, so I give it an eight. Ah. I mean, yeah, it's, it sounds like we've all relatively agreed. Like for me, I'm, I'm like a reserved seven. Like I enjoyed it. I thought the twists were great. I thought some of the choreography of the fight scenes were great. It just, for me, because I hadn't read the comics or anything, I literally knew nothing about it when I was going in to watch it. It was just, I thought it was a very odd choice for it to be in Victorian London because, you know, point about man, he's a great detective, he's a billionaire, he's got all the gadgets and everything. But obviously, given the time period it was set in, he ain't got no gadgets. So he's just Sherlock Holmes, basically. A mask, yeah. So I was asking a question for you guys. What? So this is this is. I can't remember how many Batman stories they've done now, but they've done quite a few. What are you guys looking forward to now? Obviously, you know we've got the Suicide Squad movie coming out, and then the, the new the sort of remake of the Death of Superman that they did originally. What story? I know the, the obvious one. We're talking animated at the moment. Yeah, animated. Right? What 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 stories? Like comic book story? Would you want to see turn into an animated movie? Mine is Hush, because everyone's going to say Hush, because it's the best one. Damn you. Um, and I think they've said at points before that Hush is something that they are looking to... Yeah, was a kick, yeah, Kim, Kim and Conroy and Mark Hamill both said they will come back and do Hush. But they also did Killing Joke, and no one really liked it, so I don't know whether they would now, but... Um, uh, my choice would be, I think, um, the Court of Owls saga from the, the New 52 Scott Snyder run. I no, know it's been touched on briefly. I know it's, well, I know it's been touched on very briefly in the Son of Batman series they did um, a few years back, but I don't think that did the true story justice. I'd like to see a full um, you know, Court of Owls story. I'd like to see a Nightfall uh, story, I think. Well, it's right up my mouth for us, that's what I was going to say as well. Oh, really, yeah. I just, you know, we got a glimpse of it in the Dark Knight Rises film, but I want to see the proper full, full thing. Now, now, you know what would be really great is if they did Batman slash yellow lantern he just gets the yellow ring and that would be awesome that's not That'd coming be... back he just made that up i'd love to see some some more green lantern movies as well that's like, and, a, and a good flash one would be good as well but i think well, it that's be... it's interesting you should say that um well uh, i know these these are going to be mostly elseworlds titles but while i was digging through my long box to try and find an original comic i came across a bunch of elseworld comics in front of DC Universe, which are frankly insane. Um, oh, no. So, <laughs> so if, if I give you guys a, a title and a brief description, you guys tell me if you think they'd make a good animated film. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> so obviously going on what you guys just suggested there, seeing more Green Lantern stuff, we have Batman in Darkest Night. The basic premise is, what if Abin Sur's um, powering found Bruce rather than Hal Jordan? Yes. Okay. Obviously, the the one word being coming out of that is being overpowered. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, that'd be quite cool to see, though. Did, there was a scene in the uh, the Batman animated show where he got the ring. Yeah, they did that. It's <laughs> also in Green Lantern Rebirth. I swear, he holds he gets it for like a couple of panels. He's like sees his parents and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, is that the white ring? It's a Green Lantern ring, right? Uh, maybe. The next, next title in my long box is Superman colon speeding bullets. Basically, the basic premise is, what if Superman's ship, kal ship, had crash-landed in Wayne Manor? And, uh... <laughs> well, and that's how Bruce's parents died. And there's the premise for Batman v Superman. Yeah, yeah. Batman v Superman done. You Man, that would have made that movie awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. The, the basic premise behind that one is that yeah, um, they the Waynes adopt Kal El and bring him up to be. Bruce Wayne basically and then obviously they die in the way they did and Superman slash Batman ends up becoming a crime fighter through oh, what, so Bruce is never Batman. born is that how it goes he's Sorry? instead he, Bruce is never born is that right no the, oh, this okay. land this is before Bruce is born so oh, okay. the, um, they, they adopt <laughs> Kal-El I thought you Bruce were going to I thought you were going to say that um, Superman's spaceship when it crashes into a man it kills young Bruce <laughs> <laughs> See, that would be a much better story wow. <laughs> uh, Maybe we should be yeah. writing these movies. <laughs> there you go. Next, yeah. next one out of the long box, uh, completely at random, JSA, The Liberty File. I quite like this one. It's basically, what if Batman and various members of the JSA, Dr. Midnight, Owlman, etc., were secret options during World War II, which is effectively what they were, but they're kind of like, they're not powered in this. They just have code names and they're working to bring Hitler down. <laughs> that sounds interesting, but yeah. I, wouldn't, I don't I think I care enough to see it animated. Yeah. Well, how about this one? Um, Batman, the blue, the grey, and the bat, which takes place during the American Civil War and poses the question, what if Batman was the Lone Ranger? Yeah, <laughs> nice, okay. <laughs> and it, this one is notable. I've got notes here from when I remember reading this back in the day. He he goes out on a mission. And he, he's, he's Bruce Wayne. He's working for the president who sends him out on a mission to the Civil War where he dresses up as Batman, which is his alter ego, and he has a partner in the field who is a Native American whose name is Nightwing, but who, and I'm not making this up, is this is a Native American. Batman's code name for him is Redbird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's kind of cool. I kind of like that. <laughs> uh, this is where it starts to get a bit funny. Um, we've got Castle of the Bat, which is effectively what if Batman was Victor Frankenstein. <laughs> what? <Yeah. laughs> he, bring, he basically brings his dad back to life after, uh, after he's killed, and the dad becomes a bat creature, a la Batman, uh, man bat, and starts fighting crime. There can't be much <laughs> left after Superman's ships landed on him. <laughs> <laughs> it need a pump. <laughs> what brand of paint thinner were they sniffing when they thought of this? Oh, you wait till you get to Batman, the doom that came to Gotham. Which is basically what if Batman was HP Lovecraft but without the racism? I need to read some of these, man. Jesus. Crazy. And the, the, the last two are possibly my favourites. There's, um, the, the, there's hundreds of these things, but this is the best I could find. Uh, you've got Batman, colon, Dark Knight of the Round Table, which you can probably guess what that one's about, but it's completely insane. Uh, I'm not even going to try and describe the plot because I'd need a, a, a metric ton of paint in it to get through that. <laughs> <laughs> I want that to be and an episode on the le on Legends of Tomorrow. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And the final one in my long box, which I think is Liam's personal favourite, is Justice League Created Equal, 
which I think, Liam, I think you're better off um, explaining the plot of that one because I don't think my mind can take it much more. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so I've got this one at home. And uh, basically, you've got this kind of gas cloud that's going through space and it goes over Earth and wipes out all of the men. So all that's left is women and Superman. So it now means the Earth's now run by women and it's Superman's job to repopulate the Earth. <laughs> I'd like to know Only what that could We actually find out that Lex Luthor actually survived because he put himself inside of his, um, inside of his armor, un unable to come out of it. And then he also helps to repopulate. So you have an army of Lex Luthor children and Superman children. Oh, wait, wait, wait. If he's got his armor sealed, how he can't come out of it, then how the hell is yeah. he repopulate? <laughs> He has a little like ejection tube. <laughs> he can't come out. He uses I his think head. Maybe he had some in storage or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. What, what a I'd like to know. World that would be. I'd like to know what that cop thought from Gotham in, by Gaslight thought. <laughs> he thought he thought, <laughs> thought Bruce was uh, lucky with Selena. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's an interesting. Uh, the Elseworld stories are. There are some really cool ones. There are some bizarre ones in there as well. Um, and just to uh, before we finish up, just to answer your question about what other things to see animated. For me, what I am looking forward to, and I touched on this earlier, is the the Death and Return of Superman one, which they're doing as a two-parter. I'm really looking forward to that, and I really hope that they keep the artwork. They match the artwork in the comics and kind of stay true to it. That would be fantastic, especially as they say they're doing the full story, um, including the Reign of the Superman part of it. So, yeah, yeah. if they do that yeah. and they do it right, that's going to be. Anime, I'd love to see an animated Superboy in his onesie and dental leather jacket. I think. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be awesome. Um, seeing all these the the different Supermen that come in, the Eradicator, um, Cyber Cyborg Superman, Steel. Yeah, it'd be great. I'm looking um, forward like to Australian Lex Luthor the... and Clayface Supergirl. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> <laughs> well, they did, if you remember so briefly, when it was the, I think it was the 75th anniversary of Superman, they released a little animated short that showed Superman through the years. And you had a very brief moment in that where it was um, Superman and Doomsday, where they animated it and they yeah. made it just like in the comic. That was the best yeah. part of yeah, that uh, little animated short. If they can, if they're doing that, but as feature length, awesome. I wonder if I think it's quite brave they were working on it back then, and that's what gave them the idea or something. Yeah, I think it's quite brave because obviously that 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 was the first DC animated movie they did, like Superman Doomsday, and I'm I'm guessing back then they didn't know how people would react to these movies, so they sort of it really cut it down into a 90 minute film, and they had to cut out all the you say all the like Superboy and everything. And although it was quite a good move, that I mean, the fight between Doomsday and Superman was was really cool, mm. but the rest of it sort of did I didn't really enjoy. So the fact that they've actually gone, you know what, we didn't do that right. Let's go and do it properly. I think is a sort of yeah. quite a brave move from them. I would agree. You've got to give them respect for doing that as well, like to go yeah. and try and fix it. I'd love, I'd love like the sec, the first part, but then the second, like the from basically halfway through to the end is literally just them just fighting. So I'm pretty sure in the comics, wasn't their fight, like, didn't it last like 10 issues? Them going through all of Metropolis and going downtown and then they starting off with taking out the Justice League. It was uh, quite a few comics of them fighting. And I want the... Yeah, it's, I mean, that's basically what the story is. It's a long, drawn-out fight. Oh, yeah, um, I want the film yeah, to be Doomsday that. appears out of nowhere. 
just walks in a straight line um, and destroys everything in his path. Everyone that tries to stop him gets beaten in the process until Superman's big uh, throwdown with him in Metropolis. And um, uh, yeah, that fight just goes on and on, but it's fantastic. Yeah, um, So I'm imagining that because they're doing it as these two animated films, the first one's got to be the death of Superman. Yeah. And the second one's got to be Reign of the Superman, yeah. um, in my mind. Yeah, Death of Superman is out late this year, and the Reign of Superman is coming out early next year. Yeah, so I think we're going to revisit this in a future podcast. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> Although, certainly. All right, guys. So um, I, think that's, uh, I think that's it for this week's podcast. Well, um, if you like this podcast, don't forget to uh, spread the love, tell your friends, like it, comment on it, wherever you find it. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, shoot us a message. We'd love to hear from you guys. Um, and subscribe wherever you like to subscribe to podcasts. And we'll see you next time.